Hey Houston, for a limited time at VisionWorks, you can get two complete pairs of glasses, frames, lenses, the works for just $49 on single vision glasses and $89 on progressives. And that's a good deal, but we offer that pricing on over 500 frames, which makes it a great deal. Right now, buy two complete pairs of single vision glasses for just $49 or two pairs of progressives for only $89. VisionWorks, we're here to help you. Some restrictions apply. See store for details. Offer expires November 10th. Blog Talk Radio. Mission Unstoppable. Guerrilla coach Frankie Picasso is a rebel with a cause. You live life on Mission Unstoppable, and every day is an adventure. Here she is, Frankie Picasso, with Mission Unstoppable. Mission Unstoppable. Mission Unstoppable. Good evening, and welcome to Mission Unstoppable. Tonight, we're going to meet a woman who is truly a citizen of the world. She spends her time between France, Italy, and New York, and she's decided to put on a world event in the name of peace. She's a poet, and her event will feature poets and musicians from around the world in Montpellier, France. Please welcome Maria Spada. If you want to be a guest and call in tonight and speak to Maria and myself, the Unstoppable Coach, live, the number is 646-595-3741, and the chat window is open. Hello, Maria. How are you going? I'm good. I'm great, actually. I'm very excited about tonight. Excellent. Excellent. I'm so glad that you could be here with me. This is so much fun. I'm enjoying it. This is really cool. Listen, um, you want to put on this world event, this peace event. I'm I'm very, very focused and very excited about this event. How exciting is that? Now, you're a poet. I'm a poet as well, yes. Have you always been a writer? Always. uh, Many, many years. I started writing, I think, at the age of 12. Wow. And thereafter, yeah. I always found myself writing about um, peace and people and love and and um, all the hate in the world and how it should uh, turn into you know, love and, and understanding and compassion. I think that's very important to have compassion. Absolutely. Now, you, you've lived in many different places. Well, I've traveled so much. I've traveled a lot, and I'm in the process of... Um, going into France and, and settling in France within the year. So I'm very excited about that. And that's where the event is going to take place. In the yeah, I think that's really great. Do you find that in the different places um, that in the end people are just people, or do you find a real difference in people, in, in let's say between France and Italy, from the States, different uh, countries? I'll what do you find? culture-wise, uh, all countries are different. Every country mm-hmm. has a different culture. But in beings, in human beings, everyone is the same. Everyone is, bleeds the same, has um, love for the world the same. Everyone has the same morals and, and, and respect for other, other people. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I think politics corrupt a lot of people's minds, and that's what changes, and that's what creates a lot of chaos. Mm-hmm. But in the end, I mean, we're just human beings, and it's really all a matter of of of, of creating some kind of peace in the environment, and, and focusing on on uh, light on lifestyles of just living. And I found that to be very interesting when I visited some countries, especially Germany, especially the suffrage that Germany went through, and mm-hmm. the the war. 
and a lot of the people there are, are hard in a way where they're, they're still suffering. They're still suffering from the losses of the war. And I, and I think peace has entered that country, but in, very slowly. And I found that people there were very, very kind. I mean, you get this vision of Germany not being a kind country and being mm-hmm. very hard. I didn't find that to be true at all. I, find, I found them generous. I found them very interested in, in other parts of the world. I found them interested in, 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 in peace organizations. It was really interesting to me and, and, and very, very, very important to, to express that to, to other, other countries. So what, what, does, what do you think peace means? I mean, really, how much peace can we have in the world? I mean, for me, for me Frankie, peace is unity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's people uniting from all parts of the world and, and sending a powerful message out, you know, sort of saying enough is enough. You know, and that's why I found through music and poetry, I, I believe it's the best and most profound way to, to reaching and penetrating the words of, of peace to people. You know? Well, I think you're right about that because there, there, there's no language barrier with music. No, there isn't. You know, people, people usually express themselves through music or, or through writings. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's when people mostly feel something. When you, hear you know, it's funny. I don't know if it's if it's the same um, in in Europe as it as it is in Canada, but one of the in, in possibly in the United States. But one of the things that's been happening, let's say, in public schools and and in high school, is that they have given up the arts in, in because there's just no funding for it. Right. And when you throw these things out, you know, when you throw the humanities and the arts out, what are you left with? It's it's I, I I can't agree with you more. You know I I think that's the worst worst thing they could ever do. I mean through through with children their their tomorrows their tomorrow children are tomorrow, mm-hmm. and and through music is when people learn to express and kids learn to express and, and they show emotion, and they yeah. feel through music you feel through poetry you feel, and, and I think that was the worst and. And I couldn't understand why they would they would do such a thing, is remove that important part of teaching. Right. You know, um, poetry is. We used to have the you know the houses that you know the poets you could go out and, and listen to a poet. It it seems to be old fashioned in some way. Do you feel that? Well, I don't think it's vintage. I I don't think poetry ever dies. I mean, po- poets. You know, um, write for for song for singers. Right. It, it's through poetry that creates music. You know, poetry is music in itself. It, it's well, we had stars. You know, we had Edith. You know, we we had poets like Robert Frost or poets like Edith right. Platt or people who who were real stars. Um, uh, Americans are very big fans of Emily Dickinson. And huge. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not everything rhymes. We understand that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we have, there's a haiku and, and there's all sorts of things. But we did have stars. And, and I don't know, are there any poets who are stars today? You know, that's a, that's a good question, Frankie. No, there isn't. I, I think uh, the wave of, um, of today's industries and today's um, living is not focused so much on the vintage, let's say per se, vintage writings and poetry and reciting. I think there are lots of focus on uh, today's music, let's say, 
and it's not mm-hmm. poetry. It's it's a little different. It's, it's it varies, but I, I'm going to agree with you. I don't think today has many many poets that stand out in the world, and and that's right. why I think this project can also create a new coming of of poets that are trying mm-hmm. to be heard and want to make a stand through peace. I think the world is missing that old poetry where people used to run all over. They used to run to big cathedrals and listen to poets recite philosophers. and It's all philosophy in the, in the name of peace, in the name of, of expression. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think, yeah, I think that we're missing that. I, I'm not going to say it's it's died out, and I don't think it has. I think it's still alive, but, you know, those of us who are silent about it, are not out there to express it loudly. When do you write? When do you write your poetry? I write. Now, can, can you write it when you're happy? Can you be no, a happy I, poet? I'm. I'm. I'm a happy poet. Are you? But, but but I'm a realistic. I'm more. I'm I'm a realistic poet on 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 what's happening in the world today. Mm-hmm. And it could be performed in a happy sense. I write. You know, it's funny. We talked about the vintage ways. I write in a very Victorian way. I write like the old-fashioned Victorian way. I'll mm-hmm. use uh, I'll use words of um, of old poems. I'll, I'll I'll create more of like a story, and 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 initially it turns out to be a short but brief st- poem right. of, of happiness. In the end, my poems always end happy, sort of like a conclusion to 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 chaos. You know, I, I, Interesting. I yeah, I like to write where it starts off with reality and what's happening, and then right. I like to end it in a, in a realistic way of of it uh, being a happy ending. Of things can be done, life can change. Um, words can do that. <clears throat> words can actually alter your mood. So I Absolutely. don't want to depress my readers. Right. You know, I want right. to think that there is a happy ending. There is change. <clears throat> Things can happen. Well, you know, this is Mission Unstoppable, and in Mission Unstoppable, anything can happen. Like the impossible is right. the possible. And because I say it all starts with a thought, you can think something to be possible, or you can think it to be unstoppable. It's just a thought. You're absolutely concept. right. There's a, a friend of mine who's a mus- musician, and her words always stick to me. She always says, uh, with our thoughts, world. Say that again. You cut out there. Oh. With, with our, our thoughts, with our thoughts, we make the world. Yes. And I absolutely find true. That to be absolutely true. And, and, and you know, you're you're a spiritual being. I know that. And I, you believe. I mean, everybody has probably heard about the secret now. Um, but God. even before the secret became the secret, we all knew about the secret. Right. <laughs> Both you knew it was a secret. secret. It wasn't a secret. <laughs> <laughs> and so we've always known that, that our thoughts change the world. But it, but it was, we've always known that you know we are connected. We're one consciousness. We really this, are. This is something that we've known since since you know. I mean, Albert Einstein has known that. You know? Exactly. I mean, it's exactly. been around for years and years. It's it, you know, as I always tell people, and it's funny you mentioned this. I always say that it's not a secret. You know, <laughs> I think that was a, a sort of like a catchy tune to catch to get people to 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 purchase and to read about it and to learn more about it. Right. I'm sure there was right. many reasons for for that. 
But we would love to have you join us. We would love to have you join us. The call us at 646-595-3741. Again, it's 646-595-3741. If you're a writer, if you're a musician, if you want to talk about world peace, if you want to talk about poetry, give us a shout. We'd be dying. We'd love to have you join us. And we've got some people in the chat tonight. Hello, people in the chat window. Thank you for joining us there. If you have anything that you'd like to say, I can say it for you. So don't be shy right, right away. That's great. So we're going to have this World Peace event. It's going to be in Montpellier, France. You don't have to speak French to go there, but it wouldn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the French people are very kind. They, they, love, uh, they love American and Canadians. What they don't like is the politics, because politics to them always seems very non-peaceful. Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah, yeah, they are. They're great, and they love it if you just, you know, especially here in Canada, you know, in Quebec, people always complain about. But you know, if, they, if you just try to speak the language, everybody speaks English. It doesn't matter where you go in the world; everybody it's speaks true. English. It's, it's as long as you try a little bit, then then they're happy to accommodate you. I think. There's lots of English people living in France. There's the there's, there's British people there. There's there's Australian people there. There's New Zealand people there. There's people from all over that speak English that live in France. If you are a poet or a musician and you'd like to come to the event or play at the event, Maria, how, can they get in touch with you? They can. I, they can email me, actually. Do you want to get that out? Yes, you can. You can. Oh, <laughs> I, thought you, I, thought, I thought you said, can, can you give that out? No, yeah. you please give it out. Maria Spada at Hotmail.com. Okay, and I'll post that on the blog later after the show. We'll write that up that uh, you can contact Maria at mariaspada at hotmail.com. So it's not that difficult. No, it's quite easy. Pretty easy. Okay, so I'm a musician, and I want to come to your event, and we're going to talk about world peace. And um, You're going to raise money? Yes, I have investors in the process of, of, of um, raising funds for the event, but that's more on the financial end, so... That's going to take part, and that is happening as we speak. And um, that's more to do with the administrative end. Right. This is a big undertaking for one person. Are you doing this all by yourself? I am the head organizer. I am wow. the creator of this 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 um, this interesting project, this beautiful uh, project that I I'm so excited about, Frankie. I, I must tell you, I think it's going to make such a difference. And it's going to affect lots of people all over the world. And, and I'm looking for that unity. I, I want that, that connection. I want right. the, the world to, to focus. And this is why I'm, I'm organizing this. Because it's going to involve musicians and poets around the globe. And each musician and poet you know, is going to represent their country. Right. And, and perform at the event. Now, now how many countries are there in the world? Did you ever count? Yeah, no, you, it's so funny. Everyone asks me that. Everyone's like, <laughs> wow, who are you going to get for China? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, hey, they got, they got tons of musicians in yeah, China. Yeah, it's really funny. I mean, I, I said, well, I have people taking care of that, and I have people, you know, interviewing people or seeing who's going to be available. And, right. I need confirmation. But as a, in January, there's going to be a website, and everyone can go to the website. 
in January and see, okay, great. Yeah, and see the events that are going to take place and how it's going to take place and who's going to attend and who we're waiting to attend. We don't want to give too many details out. Right. You know, it's right. important to keep everything uh, hush hush, let's say, for the moment. Okay. Because confirmation um, is important. <laughs> it, sound, it sounds like a, a big undertaking. So, what does something happen, Maria? Does something happen to you um, where you said, I, I need peace? Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you Frankie. 9 um, 11 happened. And. And that's just not not just 9/11. The act itself was was a terrible act. It was the most horrendous act one could ever imagine. You know, I think next to um, the death of President Kennedy, that's probably going to be the next event where everybody knows where they were. Right. Absolutely. I I agree with you. And, and it was that. It was so profound and so horrific. The whole world was was. Was a student was listening and was watching in awe. And, That's right. Yeah, and I and I think I don't think I've ever been so afraid. And I wasn't even there. But you know, my parents were living live in California, and and I remember because I was three hours ahead. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm calling there, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like you know, you have to wake up. You're under attack. Like, go save yourself. Like, I didn't know yeah, what to do, know, what to I, say. I it was so scary. Everyone all over the world had that reaction. The reaction was, it was just one that no one will ever forget, next to Kennedy. And it's funny that you, you associated that with Kennedy because it was a horrific act. And Kennedy was... Oh, we have a caller here. Hang on. Let's bring him on. Can you get them to come up? I don't know why it's not coming. I'm trying to get you, caller. Hello there. You're on air with Frankie and Maria. How are you doing? Hello? Hello? We have a caller? Maybe? Um, if you come back, you are on air. Oh, they just dropped. Maybe you want to give us a call back. I did get you on air for a second there, but uh, it looks like you dropped off. Sorry. Give us a shout back. <laughs> anyway, uh, sorry that we missed you. Sorry. So you were talking about Kennedy? Yeah, that you made that association. Right, you know, right. When that happened with Kennedy, the whole world was was at, they were in shock. You know, everyone was in shock. I, yep. I think devastation is always going to shock us, and and for me, peace is is something so vital in the world, Frankie. It's so vital to have some type of of understanding and 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 connection of 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 just living. And not ending your life through hate and through wars and for just any kind of hate for any right. reason. There's no reason to hate to that magnitude. You know, it's just not something. You know, we talked we talked earlier about you know religion and and one of the reasons um, I don't or I'm not affiliated with a religion is because I do think that it does promote hatred and. In war, our caller is back. Let's see if we can't get them back on here again. Hello there, you're back with us. Hello. Hi. How are you? Good. Good. What's your name? Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Thanks for joining. You're welcome. <laughs> Did you have a comment or something that you wanted to ask or say? Um, not yet. I'm just kind of like listening. Okay. Are you a poet? 
Am I a poet? No, not really. I mean, I write poems, but I'm not, like, famous or anything. Uh, well, you don't have to be famous to write poetry. How about world peace? What do you think about world peace? Uh, right now, we really don't have any. You don't have any opinion? We don't have world peace? You're absolutely right. Do you think we can? Um, not really. Not right now. Why? That's an interesting call there. Yeah. Why do you think that, Brooklyn? Um, because Bush is in office. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I really, I really don't like him at all. I think uh-huh. he's the whole reason why we have this problem. Well, I, I think Bush is just um, a piece in the puzzle. Right. It's it's a world issue. It's not just one country. Yeah. Do you think do you think that the Middle East can ever have peace? Brooklyn, do you think that they can ever find common ground? Mm, it might take a lot of work, but possibly. Um, I don't know. It just really depends because there. I mean, like you said, I mean, it's not just one place. It's a whole bunch of countries and. Um, mm-hmm. in order for, I mean, I don't really necessarily think that we can ever fully get world peace because there's always somebody that's causing a problem or another country that has a problem with another country, and I just think it's going to go on forever. I don't think right. we're ever going to get anywhere. What's the best that you think we can accomplish? Not really sure right now at this time. Um I have, like, you know, I've done research, and I have my reasons for, you know, thinking what I think, and I, I just really think that there there is a lot of people involved in, in this issue in a lot of countries, but I think that since Bush is the president of the United States and he's, you know, issuing, you know, soldiers to go to Iraq and numerous people in Congress want to take them out and then some people don't and some people think we need to keep them over there in order to keep us safe and to get peace but initially we're not fighting a war with them anymore mm-hmm. I mean we've already got Saddam Hussein so. Do you think that religion has anything to do with um, us not being able to have peace or do you think that we can be, respect people for do you think that we can ever respect people for who they are even I, though I don't, are different I don't think I think I know that religion is a problem with not being able to have world peace um, I think certain people only if you like, if you can have the same religion as somebody, that's the only way they're going to accept you. And people are going to argue. And people have their, I mean, people have separate Bibles. People have written their own Bibles. Um, people have their own opinions, um, documentaries about um, how they think the Holy Bible is, 
it's all lies, and some some people believe that the Bible is written by the government. I mean, there's a there's a lot of opinions from people. Well, that's propaganda. It's a lot of propaganda. It is a lot of propaganda. Yeah. You, you know, I, I'm wondering though, as I as I listen um, to you speak, that it seems like fear is probably the biggest prohibitor of peace, because when we fear something. Um, we're afraid to give it a chance. We're afraid to get to know it. We're afraid, and and really, like I, I live in Canada, uh, extremely multicultural country. I mean, it's based on multiculturalism. Right. So we must have maybe 93 different ethnic people living in in the city of Toronto. Um, good, bad, indifferent. You know, I like it. I like the fact that we can go out and, and eat in a different country every day. It's kind right. of interesting. That's it's interesting like it if you like people and love people to find out about different cultures. Um, it promotes a different feeling towards people, I think, when you come from a position of acceptance um, to one where where you fear them. I mean, we all like to travel. Everybody wants to go around the world. They talk about going to Fiji or or different, you know, countries. And yet, um, you know, there are obviously countries that people don't want to go to for fear of, you know, being bombed or or something going to, you know, morbidly going to happen to them. Well, I believe that, that, like I said before, politics plays a big role. Mm-hmm. You know, as I said to you in France, it's, it's the politics they don't like. A lot here in New York, a lot of people assume that the French don't like them. They don't understand it's the politics and the policies they don't agree with. Mm-hmm. People in general, as you said, in New York, it's the melting pot of the world, frankly. Mm-hmm. Every country has a restaurant here. <laughs> right, you right. You don't need anywhere. If you feel like having Thai, if you feel like having any type of food, New Zealand food, Australian food, food from Mexico, any 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 place you want, you go. And the people will try to melt together and try to understand each other's culture. When you go into a country like Iraq, let's say, like Brooklyn, are you still there? Yes, yep. I'm still here. When you go into a country like Iraq... Their culture is very, it's very primitive. It's not negative, it's just primitive. They're raised like that, they've grown like that. They don't understand. What they do know is that policies and politics are attacking them. So with fear, they react. And and they react in attack mode. So they they too want to protect themselves. I mean, their, their land has been, has been stomped on so many times. And yeah, I think people too. Have you ever traveled outside of the U.S., Brooklyn? I actually have. Um, I've been to different parts of the U.K. and um, I've been to Canada like one time with some of my family, and pretty much, I mean, I've visited most states in the U.S. Right. So, so you're further ahead than most most people from the U.S. So you, a lot of most people from the U.S. never leave the country. Yeah. Um, right. And um, I most of the time, um, American people in the American culture and the American societies, they don't want to like they want to go to different places and you know experience that. But when they get there, there's a lot of things in their in wherever they go in their culture that they. They don't want to try because, like you said, they're they're afraid. It's not American. <laughs> it's not like at home. I love that. People go away and then they go. It's not like at home. <laughs> I know. It's and supposed to be like at home. 
Yes, they they say they want to when they're here, but once they actually get there, they're like, I want to go home. Right, um, right. And I and I think you know, like she's saying, you know, in Iraq, you know, they're just um, they've been attacked so many times. Um, I think that most of the people in Iraq, you know, they are the way they are because you know it's basically passed down from generation. You know, like their parents teach them you know, how to be and what to believe in. And then when somebody tries to tell them differently, you know, they fight for it because that's what they've known all their whole lives. They don't know our culture. So, but, 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 you know, what's really interesting, when 9-11 hit, and everybody, we're just talking about that, before, you know, when you came online, Brooklyn, when 9-11 hit and everybody remembered where they were in that day, right. can you imagine having a day like that every day? You live in a country like Iraq or Iran where people are attacking you like that every day, all day. How scary would that be? You know, when, when you think that the U.S. went in looking for, you know, Sudan, and, and, and they said, well, you know, there's weapons of mass destruction. Maybe there were, maybe there weren't. But really it was a manhunt. And they destroyed a, a beautiful city. They destroyed monuments that had been there for centuries, you know, yeah. to get this one to get this one guy, and then to say, well, they fought back. Can you imagine people coming to the U.S. and the U.S. not fighting back, and they're going, well, you've got to fight back for being invaded. Right. Well, what I, country wouldn't fight back when you invade them? Yeah, I think um, us, you know, you know, bombing Iraq and uh, destroying their city, to just find one person, I don't think that was necessarily right because we killed innocent people in the act of doing so. We killed women and children that really, they didn't have, they don't have anything to do with what's going on. They just, you know, live there and practice the culture. They don't have anything to do with the weapons of mass destruction. So, you know, why were they killed? And um, I just think that it could have been handled in a different way than just, you know, just bombing Iraq in general because if you're looking for one person, I mean, they killed many people in just looking for one person. Right. What do you think about Maria's idea um, to have this world peace event to get poets and musicians together? Do you think that people, artists, can can transfer or, or go beyond their their nationality to and, and their differences and meet in this place of art? Do you think that they can do that? Um, I think that they can. It, um, if they're trying to get the message across for world peace, um, you know, if you're having musicians and poets, um, they need to um, write something that's going to inspire people. And, and people in general have their own opinions, so you really necessarily need to persuade people because some people do think that um, us fighting Iraq is the right thing to do, and some people don't. Some people think that, you know, world peace is right, and we don't need to be over there fighting them. And I uh, honestly, in my opinion, I really don't see why we're still over there, just because, you know, we've already found the person that we were looking for, mm-hmm. and I, I really don't see why we're still over there. Well, we do have to help them get back on their feet. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah they, it's they, they do need help. And, I mean, you can do that, but 
you know, I like I said before, they I don't really like. Huh? I said they still need to govern themselves. Um. Well, since um we have captured who that's not I'm in, they necessarily don't really have a government right now because you know, well, we're keeping them in line right now. Mm-hmm. They they don't have anybody right now, so that's that's one reason why we're over there, and um. I I I think that if we stay over there, then um, it it will get better in a way. Um, as long as you know you don't have um, people rioting and people still trying to continue fighting, um, then I think we'll be okay because you know we've already captured Saddam and and um, I don't I don't really know as far as, you know, like the weapons of mass destruction. I don't really know that much about that. I just know um of of course of nine eleven, um, because 'cause I've been in New York many times and you know, you hear about it on the news every day. I just know that, um, like you said, the only reason why over there is to keep them in line and help them get back on their feet because we did, um, in the act of looking for the person that was causing all this trouble in New York, um, we did, you know, kill people and we did destroy their city. So we do, you know, they do deserve some help. Do you think, you know, I I really think that it's going to be up to women to to bring peace about. I don't know if um, it's possible for men to do that. And I say that in, I say that in all sincerity and not because I don't love men because I do. But I think that women in their nurturing, women in their strengths, women who, um, even even when you look at, at, you know, the women in Afghanistan and the women in Iraq and Iran, are very strong women, but the men um, come from a place where it's very archaic in their, in their dealings with women. I don't know if they'll ever let them be free, let them um, be who they yes. need to be in um. order to do this. And men in Iraq um, are, you know, they do control women. Um, their culture, you know, they're raised to not, you know, show, you know, their hair and their, you know, their face. And right. honestly, I, I think, you know, men are, I mean, necessarily men aren't bad because if you say that, you know, you're going to get, you know, people saying bad things about you because, you you know, you're criticizing um a certain gender, but I, I don't think, you know, that men are bad necessarily, but I do think that um, sometimes men can be controlling. But um, right now in Iraq, yeah, I do think that they are controlling the women, and women really don't have a say in what they want to do over there. They really don't. No, they don't. They're, I mean, there's some very brave women, and I wish I could remember the, woman, the name yeah. of the woman who just wrote a book because she wrote an amazing story. Um, and I just watched a movie last week, and I, I have to tell you, it's an absolute tears. Um, this woman coming to the United States, and and not that they're any better, really. I mean, she it was a true story. She came to the United States. Um, she asked for um, sanctuary, and they ended up putting her in jail for something like six months to prove that she was who she was, you know. Yeah. And they had kept people here for two years in jail, and then sent them back to their death. So I'm not really sure if um, you know if, if, if we're much more uh, or less archaic 
than than they are in those countries. But I do know that the women are subjugated, and it's not just that they can't show their face. They are treated as as chattel. They are property to be used and abused as, as seen fit. And even to the point where their their male relatives can kill them with with impunity. Yeah, they they are sold and traded, and they they really are used as a piece of property, or you know, in in certain terms, a, a money sign, and that's not right. And um, I, I do think that men are an issue in Iraq right now. You know, they control the women, and um, the government creates um, laws and the culture and everything, and. Um, they really have, you know, nothing that they can do. But now that they don't have a government, I don't think that there's any reason for them to have to do that. But um, as, you know, self-respect for their culture, women continue to do this, and they do cover their faces. And, I mean, they they do obey what they're told to do. And I think it's all because um, they're respecting their culture. Um, I, there's this one woman that... Um, came to America um, from Iraq, and um, she still wears, you know, her headdress and everything. And um, just, you know, walking around, you know, just outside and being around people in the U.S., um, people do look at um, people from Iraq or anybody, for that matter, that looks like they're from a foreign country. They look at them um, after 9-11, and they're scared. I mean, right. we literally, um, if we if we see somebody that looks like they're from, you know, they might be from Iraq or Iran or somewhere like that, we do get scared, especially in an airport. If, I mean, if people, I mean, they do get scared. And if you do see, like, somebody in an airport that looks that way, I mean, necessarily not everybody, but the first thing that would come to, you know, somebody that was in an airport is they would be very scared, you know, and um, it does offend them because she says that, you know, she's very offended when people look at you like that every day. And it's, it's, she said it's very hard for her to wear what she does and, you know, follow the culture, even in the U.S. when she's not in Iraq. But she does it out of respect for her country to represent them. And people here do look at her differently, but she, she doesn't change the way she is for anybody I think that's very brave. I really do. What yeah. do you think, Maria? Do you think it's going to be up to women, or do you think? I, I think women play a big part. Um, believe it or not, in Iraq, the women in Iraq, uh, behind closed doors, are the leaders. They're the brains. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but unfortunately, the culture does take away from their freedom. But um, behind closed doors, they do have the freedom to speak their mind to their husbands or to their fathers or brothers, whomever. Um, I do believe that women do play a big role. I know organizations that are women for world peace mm-hmm. who have um, organized. I myself am a woman, and I'm trying to organize a huge event. Mm-hmm. And um, I heard you say something before about the event of world peace that you asked um, uh, Brooklyn, is it? Mm-hmm. That you asked Brooklyn about the world peace. See, this is why my approach and concept was a little different. I'm trying to target each individual country. Because we're so used to world peace uh, um, projects that are just based with, uh, let's see, a few uh, 
um, mu- musicians are thrown in, and they're just representing. Right. They're not representing any country. They're just representing world peace. But through my concept and my project, each individual is going to be representing their country. And whatever they sing about that day is going to be represented for the peace of their country. So even in, 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 in Iraq, I'm trying to recruit someone. And I know their music is, is very beautiful, by the way. It's very passionate. Yeah, yeah. The, the, female, the, women, the female singers, just in their humming, they're very passionate. You can hear it in their music that they want peace. It's really interesting how music, like I said to you before earlier, music plays such a big role. I would love for you to, to, to add art into this event, if you can. Yes, I have, I have a, um, a friend of mine who's an artist, and she wants to get involved and, and, and create a, a, a huge display of art of all countries. It's really interesting. It's going to be a, a, a beautiful project, Frankie. It's going I can just see, you know, all these different artisans and, and musicians, I want, you know, coming together to create music. One, one song from, from, you know, 100 countries or, or wow. you know, art that, that was built from, you know, two countries that, where they never thought there would be peace. And exactly. I, because I think that, that these people have that soul where they can meet. They can meet in the middle. They can. The people can meet in the in the middle. Sometimes culture prevents them. Sometimes politics. And I don't think that anybody, you know, really has a problem one on one. I think a lot of times we're very good one on one. It's it's when we become a group and and those those race, you know, that's where the racial slurs come in. The racism comes in as a group when they when they take, you know, what they perceive are the good and the bad you know, pieces from each of these, these groups. Um, right. The old prejudices always flare enable up. enable each other. When you're in a group, someone is enabling the group leader. Right, right. And that's how it's created. When you're walking down the street, frankly, Frankie, and you meet one person, you could speak and get along and, and there's peace between you. But if yep. you're one person walking down the street and there's a group, there's always one person in that group that that starts an argument or starts some type of, of conversation against race, against anything. And that's how it becomes a group a group attack and And, and that's where, you know, I was going before with the fear. You know, right. where the fear comes in. Fear plays a role. Some people fear to be involved in an organization that's gonna help. Some people fear n- not being involved or just doing anything. It, there's just so much fear going on, and, and that's why I'm so so excited about this project because through music and poetry, it, it releases that fear, it becomes understanding. You start relating your life to this project. You start understanding why peace is so important. What about the climate in in France? I mean, they had um, they had a run where you know with Algerians, and it was it was quite bad there for a while, where there there was a lot of fear. Well, well, it, there's, there was just recently a ride in, in um, Paris, actually, in the north of Paris, uh, a day ago, just um, yesterday, actually. And there was a, a riot. Uh, two police officers um, ran over two cyclists. Uh, they claimed oh, wow. it was an accident, and, and, and the community is, is Arab descent, of course, a Muslim community, and they just started a huge riot. They said it was, it was racism. They said they were targeted. Now, see, this is very important 
there's so much hate to do with with racism and with 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 Muslims, and mm-hmm. Muslims, I don't people don't cannot understand and believe that Muslims are very peaceful people. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. they want to mind their life. They want to live in peace. As I said before, they're being stomped on. They're being attacked. Right. Fear is reaction. You know, it's just. It's a, and this is what I want to make a big point at this event. I want to make the point of fear, and and I'm so happy that you brought that up, because it does it does take effect in all countries. It does create chaos, and and it's just such a hard such a hard world, uh, Frankie, to even target all these these issues in in in, in one session. <laughs> oh oh yeah. Yeah, it's it's just a slew of 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 reasons, but fear being really on the top, fear being one of the top issues of of, of chaos. We have um, in the chat window. There's a guest there who is he, he said he or she, uh, racism is a product of poverty. In every story, there is a conflict. Poverty being the catalyst. I'm not sure. It, you know, I love it if you could call because it's harder to type. But are you saying that that poverty? Uh, racism is a product of poverty because of lack of education, or it, it's the has and have not. I mean, that's the oldest story in the book. Uh, if you can not, expand not, on that, I'd really like to see that. I'm not going to agree with him, um, frankly. You don't. That's good. You don't have to on yeah, this show. I don't, I don't <laughs> agree with that. I don't think racism is 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 um is rooted from poverty. I don't, I don't either. I don't, I, don't, I don't either. I don't think those are its roots. Roots. I think it's um. It's ignorance. How you view life, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's ignorance, uh, it's, it's and pure ignorance. Either learned or or, or not. It's but taught behavior. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. Uh, you know, I, I and it's so evident here because you know when our kids go to school, um, I can tell you that that mine were at one point uh, definitely the minority, and probably the only white kids in their class at one point. And yet, you know, it didn't matter. They you didn't they didn't see in color. They just saw their friends, and and I think that's how kids are. Right. Yeah. You know. You know, Brooklyn. Like, you agree? Huh? I said, did you agree with that? I thought I thought I heard you say something. Yeah, I do agree. Like, I I think you know, kids. You know, they just look at their friends. They don't really, you know, they accept them for who they are. They don't really look at color and race and stuff. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Did you have any um, any friends from the Middle East before 9-11? Did you know anybody? Is this question to me, Frankie, or to... Anybody, uh, either of you two. <laughs> oh, I've, I have many friends from the Middle East mm-hmm. before 9-11. I've had, you know, well, we lived in Brussels as kids, and uh, Belgium is, 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 is full in Belgium, is full of Arabic people, and Muslims, right. and Algerians, and Moroccans, um, and we didn't see that. You know, we didn't we didn't see things like that. It was just people. They were just beings. You know, I had um, uh, a girl, a friend of mine, Badria, on, on the show not that long ago. She's a storyteller uh, from from the U.S. Although her roots go back, um, she's direct descendant of the Prophet Muhammad. Wow. And very interesting, but after 
you know, she had been very popular on radio shows and, and everybody wanted to talk and she was very proud of, of her roots until, you know, of course 9-11 happened and then she didn't want to speak at all. She didn't want to tell a story. Well, she was embarrassed and it's, it's, she was ashamed and, and it, such a beautiful woman, you know. Um, I'm really glad that she's she's out there again and, and that people... You, you need know, Some people shame. need to go through that process. Mm-hmm. You need to go through that process. I mean, you have to tackle that fear on your own, and and it is something. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of hate, Frankie. Yep. There's a lot of hate. You know, my mother my mother was an amazing woman. She would always say, "We're all the same. We bleed the same color. We should mm-hmm. never judge or dismiss anyone." You know, she was an amazing woman. She saw everyone the same. My mother was the type of woman that when the mailman came, she would offer him water. Mm. And he was delivering the milk because it might be hot that day. And she would even go in and try to get food. <laughs> That's great. That's she was great. A woman that, and she didn't look at him and his color or his ethnic background or anything. She didn't even mm-hmm. think of things like that. Rachel, yeah, I often wondered what, what, you know, if we were blind, who would we love? Would it be somebody different? You know, that, that's a very, very good, very, very good question, Frankie. You know, it's what our eyes see, but also what our, what our ears hear, you know. Again, right. Taught behavior and how you're raised. And, 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 and I think people have a tendency to blame, uh, play, play the blame game. Oh, yeah. They Big play time. the blame game all the time. I think when you reach a certain age, I think when you reach over 18, you start to understand the concept of life. You start mm-hmm. to understand what, what life should be for yourself. You're still learning. Well, then when you reach the age of 25, you should be set in your, in your personality. Yeah. I think there's still room for, for growth, but, you know, responsibility um, growth versus blame, it's, it's a big, you know, we, if we take responsibility for our thoughts and our actions and everybody did that, then you, you gain your power in that. But when you blame others, when you blame others for what's going wrong in the world, um, you really give away, you know, a, any of that power that you had. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. My guess is being a little provocative on the chat with them. <laughs> but um, it, it is important that, you know, we each do what we can yeah. For this world, and I think that we all come with a purpose. I do, and I think that you know we're blinded to it for a very long time. Um, and as we wake up, our spiritual window opens up a little bit more, like like yours has, like mine has, and yeah. maybe Brooklyn, you're you're coming into yours. You sound like you're a little young still. I'm not sure, um, but as you become more spiritual, and as as you you are become more open to the metaphysical, I think, and into the world consciousness, and, and uh, this this idea of peace becomes so much more um, appealing. It's it's a very appealing. It's a it's a vision, and and when I talk to people about this project, they are re- they already visualize. Mm-hmm. They start visualizing the event, and th- and that tells me that they're in search and in seek of, uh, they're seeking peace, and they want to see it to believe it. You know, it's really interesting, and, it, and, it, and it's such it's such a powerful way of, of, of reaching through youngsters like Brooklyn, because she does sound young. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, you must reach through through music or poetry. I, I think it's the only way. In Iraq, the women do that. They sing to the children. 
on the on their worst day, they lost their house, they lost their family, they still sing. And people mis misunderstand that for why is she happy? She's lost everything. It's not that she's not happy, it's it's that she's trying to to make it light and, and make it easier on herself by singing. It's mm-hmm. really interesting how, how how people use poetry and music to to change, to to better themselves or to or to feel better. Well, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, I mean, for me, it's a lot easier to write poetry when when I'm depressed. Uh, it pops out real quick, but um, it's just an expression. You know, it's just an expression, and anything that you do to release that expression inside yourself, the emotion, the communication. We talked, you know, this week I talked to a musician about love, and I think I talked to you about love today, mm. um, how these men write these beautiful love songs about women and about undying love, and, and then you think, well, where are these men who, who write these love songs? Because, you know, we, I haven't met any of these men. And, and they said, well, you have because you've met the musicians and you've heard our songs. Right. And and is it just, you know, their fear to, to say, I love you, their fear to express, you know, something that's soft, that, that might be perceived as... as um, too sensitive. As too sensitive, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this is why, if America has a uh, female president... <laughs> I, I think we're really close. I, I do. I so too. I think, I think it's really, really close. Well, you know, I mean, our caller, one of the um, uh, the chat window, you know, peace is overwhelmingly larger in state than war is. You know, war is a man's game. I think it's a money game. And, you know, especially for the U.S., I mean, they have been at war when they need money. Right. You know, Vietnam was a war that didn't need to be fought. But there's certainly, you know, um, money... uh, you know, heroes come out of these things, but um, it certainly doesn't hurt the economy when you're at war. No. Not for sure. No, it doesn't. And, and that's a big issue there in the, on the financial end, the market. Yeah. So, you know, what can you do to make money um, at peace? Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we have to show, that, 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 there's, a, that there's, a, you know, there's a monetary uh, reward for, for, for keeping the peace. Right. I don't know. Any thoughts, Brooklyn? <laughs> if you're in the chat window and you're listening and you want to talk about peace and what it means to you and what you'd like to see, I'd really like to know um, what that means to you. If you want to give us a call, we've got another seven minutes left in the show. Our call-in number is 646-595-3741. We'd love to hear from you. And again, my guest today is Maria Spada. She's going to be putting on a wonderful event of peace featuring poet and music in Montpellier, France in the new year. Uh, you can contact her at Maria Spada. Is it maria.spada at Hotmail? No, it's, it's no Maria dot, Just Maria Spada at Hotmail.com. If you want to write to her, if you want to become involved, she is an amazing person. Uh, our guest just says that you sound like you're an amazing person. I think she is an amazing person. Yeah. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you so much. She's a world citizen. And, you know, I do believe in um, the village, the, the village raising the child, this global village being a citizen of the world is something that's very important to me. And before we go as part of this peace um, juncture to 
talk about all the children that are out there, uh, children who could use some peace and use some help in growing up. Um, there are lots of kids without parents, lots of orphans, especially um, in these war-torn countries and, and in Africa where they're dying of AIDS. And um, if you can see yourself to helping, uh, you know, bring some peace to, to someone's life, that, that, that's worthy of something too. Our guest said that she thinks that you can um, make a difference, Maria, as far as world peace and spreading it among people in different countries, for sure. Um, as you travel back and forth, I think your message of peace is going around the world. Oh, that's great, great. You know? So you are definitely um, one of the movers and shakers, that's for sure. I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that it, it will impact um Many, many people in, ver- in various parts of the world, and, and I'm hoping that um, it'll create some type of, of unity. And, and I think from that from that concert on or that event on, that um, maybe others will come together and, and try to to achieve it as well and try to make a difference in different ways. Have you um, thought beyond the one event? Have you thought of this being a yearly event? I, I thought about I thought about that. I thought if this event um, becomes as worldwide as I'm hoping it to be, mm-hmm. then then absolutely, it'll make it a yearly event. And if others want to come aboard and um, create it in, in, in different parts of the world, like one year in France, one year in Ireland, one year, you know, if if they want to do that, that'll be wonderful mm-hmm. as well. So we can mm-hmm. actually travel with that. And, uh, and I think that will be exciting as well. Our guest here said, don't worry, Maria, you're, you will go far with your choice to spread world peace. You're making a difference just by talking on the show if people listen. Oh, that's great. <laughs> oh, thank them for me. Well, they hear you. Oh, they do hear me. <laughs> they hear you. That's they just right. not speaking. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that's I, great. Thank you. I hope they could partake uh, in, you know, they could partake in it as well. And whatever yeah, way, and everyone's me. invited. <laughs> they can email me, and um, I'm sure we'll find something for them to do. It's a world, it's a world um, connection. So everyone talking can... about world and peace and, and people being generous. You have um, gotten a really generous response from uh, some of the vineyards. Yes. And there's a vineyard in Portugal that's um, uh, Victor Margus that uh, wants to uh, um, give us loads and loads of wine for the event. Free How of fantastic charge. is that? Free of charge. Free of charge, wow. Free of charge. Um, red wine, white wine, port, all types of port wine and olives. <laughs> Fantastic. So we're very, very thankful that uh, Victor Morgus came aboard and, and, and decided to do that. And put your thinking cap on, everybody, because if you're not a, a poet or a musician, you may be someone who wants to um, have a booth there, or someone who wants to be a vendor at the event and, and help Maria raise um, you know, money for the different charities. Right. Now, remember, we're, we're going to... Um, be uh, focusing on all, all international and global uh, charities. Right, all right. All organizations where all of them are, are getting emails, all of them are getting letters, 
about this project. So we're, we're excited. We're very excited. And, well, our guest, I think they're a big fan of yours. Um, they said, world peace would already be accomplished if we had more people like Maria Spada in the world. <laughs> I think someone likes me. <laughs> <laughs> I think they like your I name. Pushing I, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Brooklyn, thank you for joining us tonight. It was great of you to call in. I really appreciate it. Everybody who's in the chat window, thank you for joining us. I appreciate you joining us as well. We've got 30 seconds left in the show. Maria, it's been a real pleasure to have you on the show, and I really, really hope that the event goes well. And I, you know, I hope that we will stay in touch, and we'll bring you back on close to the event so that you can continue to uh, speak about it and, and bring people on board. Well, thank, Frankie, thank you so much for having me on tonight. I really appreciate it, and I'm glad I'm able to uh, communicate with the rest of the world through you and through your station, which is really exciting, and uh, much thanks. You're very, very welcome. So wherever you are in the world today or tonight, I thank you for joining me. Have yourself a fantastic day, and remember, stay unstoppable. Good night. Good night, Frankie. Good night, Maria. night, Brooklyn. Houston. For a limited time at VisionWorks, you can get two complete pairs of glasses, frames, lenses, the works for just $49 on single vision glasses and $89 on progressives. And that's a good deal. But we offer that pricing on over 500 frames, which makes it a great deal. Right now, buy two complete pairs of single vision glasses for just $49 or two pairs of progressives for only $89. VisionWorks, we're here to help you. Some restrictions apply. See store for details. Offer expires November 10th.